welcome to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. I am David Lindsay, co-founder, lead educator, and speaker at Phenom Leap Education. At Phenom Leap Education, we believe people have so much more inside of them than they realize. And through our services, we help them become the best versions of themselves possible. Beyond the individual, we also believe that company culture is such a large part in creating a business that not only survives, but will thrive through the tough times as we have all been through the last few years. So over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we'll be shining a spotlight on businesses that have achieved this and how you may be able to incorporate some of their ideas and philosophies into your business. Stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can become a guest on a future podcast. Now is the time to sit back, take down some notes and enjoy this episode of the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. In today's episode, we have a speaker, podcast host, best-selling author of Future Proofing Cube and the founder and CEO of L-Cube Consulting, Lisa Levy. Lisa, welcome very much to the podcast. Thank you for coming in. And I could have said so much more, but the listeners will get a lot more from you. So would you be able to tell us a little bit more about yourself, L-Cube Consulting, and what actually got you into consulting in the first place? Absolutely. Let, let's go back in time a little bit. It's 2009, and I'm on my way to take a ride on the roller coaster. I have my ticket in hand, I swipe it, and as I sit down, the bar comes over and I grab a hold and I'm white knuckling it. We haven't even left the station and I'm terrified and feeling a little sick to my stomach. We lurch forward and we start going cha-chunk, chunk, clunk, clunk, clunk. And I know at the top of this apex, what comes, we're going to swoosh down and there's twists and there's turns and it's all out of my control. I'm not there yet. I want to puke. I shake off my reverie and realize that it's 8 a.m. on Monday morning. I'm standing outside of the CEO's door and he's called me in and I don't know why, but I know the twists and turns are dead ahead. He's a great man. I actually adore him. But on this day, I am in no mood for whatever crazy squirrel he's going to want me to chase. He gives me a big hug and offers me a seat in his office and he starts talking. And all I hear is, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Lisa, we take too long to get things done. Wah, 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 wah. Lisa, we're a startup for God's sakes. We should move faster. I'm smiling. I'm nodding. I don't understand anything that he's saying and I want to get out. When he's done, I slink off and out of the office to grab a cup of coffee. And what am I doing here? Mm. I'm walking back to the office and I look up at the building and it's a beautiful sunny spring day in Tempe, Arizona. And this building is glowing in the sun. And all I see is the roller coaster to hell and I don't want to get back on it. Mm. Little voice inside my head says, it's your dream job. You've wanted this role forever. It's your safety. It's your security. It's a salary. It's a paid vacation. It's everything you ever wanted. The other voice says, and you're hating every minute of your life. Hmm. The voices are going back and forth and back and forth. And I'm dizzy. But I realize 
I have the opportunity to change everything. I have the ability to walk away from this job and start my own company. In that moment, L cubed was formed in my head. And I knew that as a consultant, I could help business owners who want to grow and scale do that by aligning their people, their processes, and their technologies. Any business can accomplish anything that that founder can visualize and dream. Mm. So that's where L cubed came from. Yes, I just acknowledge that I have multiple voices talking to me constantly. <laughs> They're still there. But this journey gave me the opportunity to overcome a fear of uncertainty that I had for myself and realize that taking that leap of faith into entrepreneurship gave me so much more control and that I can do the work that I want that means that is aligns with my values and that I can choose who I work with so that I can align with their values and help them achieve their dreams. Mm. I, I love that. And yeah, so often people, we like, I like I said, and yes, I've got multiple people talking to me, but so often people, they, they don't listen to the one that's there going, you have the choice to leave. Yeah. And that is just, just astounding. Would you be able to talk, talk me through the process that you had on what it was like on that last day when you go, thank you, I'm handing in my resignation. I'm starting my own consulting business. What, what was going through your mind? So in the full, in the real timeline, I'll be honest, it didn't happen that day. I'm mm. a planner. I'm a project manager by trade. So I had to do some planning. Yeah. But within about 45 days, I did turn in my resignation and say, I am leaving here are the reasons why, and this is what I'm doing. Mm. I had no clients. I had no business in hand. I fortunately was single and have no children of my own. So I was only risking myself. Mm. And I went forward to do and create something that I knew would make a difference. And it's 13 years later, and I'm still doing it. And still going strong. And I love it. And what, what you've managed to do is what so many people haven't done. And I love um, listening to speakers and stuff, but there was Steve Harvey does a thing on that where he talks about jumping. In order to fly, we have to jump. And you, you took it with everything. You didn't just jump. By the sounds of it, you planned it, but you took a running leap off there, off the edge. And now you're soaring yeah. high with your consulting company. Absolutely. And so, right, it was a calculated risk. It was not an impulsive risk. Yeah. And there's a vast difference from, there from the two of that. Yeah. yeah. And we, we were speaking before I hit record, and I was saying to you how I love speaking to consultants, especially when it comes to, to company culture because mm -hmm. you have a different perspective to people that are in there, the C level, the up, the management level, because they're in amongst it. Mm -hmm. What, what do you see both positive and also I like to learn from the negative as well, because we know it's not all positives. What do you see from the outside in that, that they may not actually be able to see because they're in amongst it? Well, one of the things I love that you just used from the outside in, it's one of my favorite phrases. And I use that in respect to thinking like a customer from their perspective into what a business means yeah. and what they need from it. 
as a consultant, what's fun about what I do is I jump in and out of different industries. And so I have the ability to take something from a trucking company and apply it to a healthcare organization, right? Yeah. If they're doing something that's really cool and who would ever think of doing that? Mm -hmm. um, and so much broader perspective. And from a cultural perspective, right? One of the things, the blind spots that we all have as leaders, right? Is we don't, we aren't often as good at putting the mirror in front of our face as an individual. <laughs> Yes. And really looking at it and acknowledging what we see there. And so as a consultant, part of my commitment to my clients is, right, I am that reflection back. Yeah. And there are crucial conversations that happen with leaders who want to be doing all of the right things, but they're the greatest obstacle to their culture, mm. and they don't even know it. Yeah. And when they see it, there's a percentage who don't receive that feedback well, but the majority like, oh my God, I had no idea I was doing that. How do we change it? Yeah. And, and that's, that's when magic happens. Yeah, that's a powerful place to be. Because as you said, like, as you were saying that, my mind was sort of thinking, I wonder how many people have kicked back against that. Go, no, 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 it's not me. It's not me. It's them. Yeah. But then yeah, you said there's a small percentage really that do that. Because from my perspective as well is anyone that's at that level, they really, they want to leave a legacy and the company to move forward as a result of them. And that's why they get someone like LQ Consultancy in there to really be that, that mirror. And there's, there's a really fine line that happens when you take, you go from being a founder of a company and the company's growing, 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 and realizing that as a founder, I had this great idea and I started something, mm. but I know nothing about running a business. Yeah. And acknowledging that I am a founder and not a CEO and the courage that it takes to then bring somebody in to lead, you know, to, mm -hmm. to help grow the baby, right. To help make that baby become a toddler and watch and guide through that whole experience and step away and stay in that founder space where they are still the idea generation and the spirit and oftentimes the heart and soul of the culture but no longer the ones that's run able to run the day-to-day -day operations to make it succeed. Yeah. Cause like I, well, we said before how I've got boxing guys behind me, I've got painting. A lot of my things come from sports and in sports in particular, and we'll touch on car racing because I know that you love, love Porsche and performance cars, but, and it's the same with racing as well, where every position has their own unique skill set and mindset. And how you need a completely different mindset to be a CEO than you do to be a founder. And a lot of people can't really, they don't, they're not aware that there's a difference from the mm -hmm. two. They think that one morphs into the other way. Would you be able to explain how you've gone in and really been able to differentiate between the two? The, the challenge in, in that space is some founders have operational knowledge and skills and, and grew up in a corporate environment. And that's awesome. But many founders are, are the idea people, right? They had that brilliant yeah. idea that, you know, they were going, they invented the widget and the widget <laughs> is changing the world. Yeah. But all they knew, right, was they were tinkering and they came up with the widget and being able to know that, you know, there are growth cycles and we talk about them as J curves or S curves in, in, in business. But when you start to reach a plateau, if you don't know what to do, you ask for help. 
Mm. And that as a consultant is one of the things, right? That's what we're here to do is help figure out what that is and then how to move back into a growth cycle. Mm. And part of that is looking at the organization and how it's structured. And do you have the right people doing the right roles where they have the greatest capability? And that is that conversation with that founder who really good at tinkering and figuring out how to create the widget, but they don't know what to do with it. Mm. They need to be creating widget 2.0 and not worried about, you know, sales numbers and operational realities. Yeah. Working to their strengths. And yeah. I, from my side of things as well, that's where it really gets into the culture as well. So when you're talking about the culture of the company, it's getting the right people in the right positions. So like you said, you have a founder that they've created this fantastic widget, but they're not really a leader and being right. able for them to get you in. So would you be able to share some stories with us where you may have worked with a company and they agreed with you and followed with what you said and transformed the company culture to something that might've been, you know, languishing going oh, to flourishing. So well, let's take it kind of in the worst of circumstances. Let's start with you. Yeah. Everything has just gone wrong. And for context, let's start with it's March of 2020. Mm. <laughs> Our world was just about ready to stop. Mm. And I had the honor and privilege of being with a leadership team the first time they conducted business virtually in their Zoom boxes. Mm. And the CEO of the company has for district and leaders from around the United States present for the conversation of they're getting ready to close the doors on their business for two weeks. She opens the meeting and she starts talking about, you know, this is, I know that this is an unusual way for us all to be meeting, but we're here today and we have some decisions to make. And you can see this guy in the background and the way his hands are waving and Sarah, she looks at him and she says, okay, Brian, you you want to you want to say something and and Brian, you're on mute. We can't hear you. Mm. Can you hear me now? <laughs> oh, Sarah, I've got this idea. I'm standing in a warehouse filled with food, and you're telling me that we're closing our doors for the next two weeks. As I look around, when I come back, this place is gonna stink. We've got to do something with this food. It's perishable. And if the whole world is sort of stopping, there are vulnerable populations who are going to need this food more than we need it to rot in our warehouses. Mm. Sarah's smiling. She is so excited. She said, Brian, that's why we're here today. We're talking about what we're going to do and how we're going to move forward with a business model that has nothing to do with how we run our, our operations. We're a food distribution company. And for the next two weeks, we have no customers. Mm. Sarah, exactly. But we have people who need food. We have food. We have trucks. We know how to get food from point A to point B. We just need different point Bs. So I want to find the homeless shelters in my city. I want to figure out if we can drop off food, if they're still going to be cooking and serving food. Mm. Sarah, again, she's just beaming and she says, yeah, Brian, that's brilliant. I want you to take that idea and in the next three days, figure out how to make it real. Go and do it. Deliver the food. And by the end of the week, we're going to come back to this space and debrief. And I want you to tell us what you did, how you did it, what worked, what didn't. And if you were going to do it again, what would you change? Because if you're successful, 
we have distribution facilities across this country that need to redo what you did next week. Mm. What I just watched Sarah do was start an innovation engine. It was an opportunity for her to take her leadership team through an experiment of ideating, prototyping an experiment, learning from it, and in applying what worked and what didn't. Mm. In that scenario, Brian did get food out to the homeless shelters, and there were some wonderful results, and it was repurposed across the country. He had some failures along the way about how to make it happen, but he learned, and so his counterparts and his peers didn't have the same experiences. Mm. That ideation, that innovation engine is how we tune our businesses. That skill, sitting down with a team of our trusted people inside of our company on a regular basis, generating ideas, testing them out, and seeing what happens mm. is how we keep growing even in the worst of times. Yeah. So yeah, you asked me about how I bring performance racing into it. It's because we all have an engine in our business that we have to tune. And yeah. when it's tuned well, we can win the race. And yeah, and not just with that, like, because yes, you have to tune the engine, but then you also have the tires on the road, have the yeah, right absolutely. petrol in there. And yeah, all of these moving cogs. And I love that because a lot of businesses that I've come across, the CEO has been reluctant to hand over power like that but from yeah. my side of things handing over power like that is really like you said it's what creates growth and especially with what we've all been through the last two and a half three years i've lost track of how long it is mm -hmm. i've got no concept of time now is a perfect time to try things to fail because yes. from my perspective if if it wasn't for 2020 I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. I wouldn't be having this conversation with some great people around the world. Absolutely. If it weren't for everything that we did over the last couple of years, we would not have met and we would not be having this conversation. Mm. And so our, you know, we did truly become global in our presence yeah. and that's fabulous. And it, it opens up so much more thought leadership. There are so many opportunities to learn from others. And I am so grateful to have an opportunity to have this conversation with you, David. This is fun. Yeah, I think, yeah, because it's, you know, and you'd said so often, no doubt, going into companies and seeing it from an outside perspective, that when, especially when the, when it all hit the fan, you got two sorts of people. You got the people that sat in the corner rocking, going, poor me, mm -hmm. poor me. Then you got the other people that went, okay, yes, it's rough, it's tough. But during tough times, that's when we grow. That's when we have the opportunities to yes. move forward. Would you be able to share sort of, because we saw that the growth of that business, ones where maybe they didn't come up with that idea themselves, but where you came and saw a completely different angle for them to attack? Yeah. Well, in, the, in that story, that ideation in, um, engine, the innovation mm -hmm. engine, Sarah had resisted. She oh. had resisted for months. So as a, in the food distribution, she's like, we move, you know, we move food from our warehouse to a customer. That's all we do. That's all we've ever done. There's no reason innovation simple. isn't necessary, right? Yeah. And in that moment, right, the light switch flipped, everything turned and the, the aha changed and right yeah. those conversations continue you know are, are continuing um there are definitely 
leaders who in March of 2020, right, did this and stopped, yeah. right? I kind of like to do that. I went, <laughs> until they were blue in the face and about, you know, ready to kill to over. Yeah. And so when I speak, I like to talk about disruption. And there are two types of disruption. There's external disruption, and then there's internal disruption. The pandemic was external. We had no control over it, right? It was done to us. Mm. And internal is when we choose to be right disruptive. We want to challenge the status quo, become more effective, be more efficient, right? And we're doing it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those things are process, right? And it is that innovation process of we need to be able to come up with an idea. We need to prototype what it looks like. We need to test it for results. Yeah. And then we need to use what works and ditch what doesn't. Mm. And so innovation is a process that is learnable, that is repeatable. It isn't, it, it isn't that eureka moment in a laboratory somewhere where the experiment blows up and then you have you know, the cure for cancer. Those yeah. are so few and far between, but it is, it's work mm. that every business, every leader, every team is capable of doing if they prioritize it and, and put some time and energy in. Mm. And like you said, it's a process, a process that can be repeated. And the way that you you took it from a truck company and use it in, in a healthcare company, or you can take it from sports cars, use it in education. You can take it from boxing, use it. Like there are so many transferable skills across yeah. it. People just, you know, when they're stuck, like, like whether they're like that or whether they're like that, they still can't see out that way. Right. And you're right. Bobbing and weaving is an important skill that every leader should have. Oh, definitely. The <laughs> constant moving and being aware of what's going on. And yeah, you don't want to be still because I, I love it with, and people don't like it when I say that I, I like, like is the wrong word, but the fact that that happened, it really, mm. there was so many people, yes, it's tough and it's still going on, but that's where we grow from. And and that's where really the world, like you said, it's gone, boom, it's exploded. But yet we've all come together. I, I can speak to you from Sydney to Phoenix. Yes. I can speak from Sydney to Canada, all from, from the comfort of, of my little office. Right. And from the comfort of our little offices, I can consult and coach anywhere in the world, right? Mm. This, this conversation that we're having I can have that. It could be, you know, actual business transaction anywhere. Mm. And that is, you know, something that prior to the pandemic, people resisted. Well, you should be here with us looking eyeball to eyeball. Yeah. It's not always necessary, right? A conversation mm. is still a conversation, even if we're doing it through a camera. Yeah. And it, it can be so powerful as well, because if, if we're there face to face, I love speaking, doing face to face sort of stuff. But in order to, like, you can go from Phoenix, you can go to Canada this morning, Singapore this afternoon, Australia tonight, and you have, have your way of looking at things where if all Sydney siders, sorry, not all Sydney siders, but, you know, we have a Sydney culture where we all see things from the same angle. You come in yeah. and you see things from a completely different perspective. And there's a lot of strength in that new perspectives are always so valuable, right? Because we, we have blinders, whether we know it or not. And that's human, right? That is, it's very human and natural. And so having a different perspective is never a bad thing. 
Mm. And especially one that may disagree with what you think, yes. right? That the challenges and, and pushes you outside of comfort, outside of what you're so certain about to be able to step into something uncomfortable, maybe the best growth opportunity any of us can ever have. Yeah, because it opens so many different doors. Like you might see that as a wall, but then someone comes in and goes, hang on, it's a door. It's not right. a wall. You just didn't have the right key for it. Yep, absolutely. Great analogy. Well, thank you. Just come up on, on this. Podcast. I'm stealing that one. <laughs> <laughs> Take it and run with it. See, there we go. A different perspective, a I'm different sure. way to look at things. It always helps. And Lisa, I'm well, I'm very conscious of the time because I do just tend to get carried away. I did have a whole heap of other things that I wanted to talk to you and we can maybe get you on in a future podcast. But something that I love asking people is, Lisa, what's three pieces of advice that you now would tell a 15-year-old Lisa? And I say a 15-year-old Lisa because not your daughter, not your son, because, you know, they just go, oh, that's mum, that's dad. What do they know? Yeah. Exactly. They do that. They go, Ugh. What's three pieces of advice that you'd like to give a 15-year-old Lisa? 15-year-old Lisa needed to learn and understand to not fear change, right? Mm. Change changes nat is natural and it's always going to happen and you can't keep everything in the box the way you want it. 15-year-old um, Lisa needed to know that you cannot control the outcome of everything. Right? The only thing that we can control are the choices we make. I can't change how what you do with, with my actions. And that would have been an important goal. And the final thing would be to just really have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Because, it, and like, I'm casting my mind, and unfortunately, it's many, many years ago, a 15-year-old David, and go, yeah, it's, like he, he had fun, but then there was a point where like, if I had have had more fun, I think I would have been more successful or would have opened more doors. And I, I just love hearing the different perspectives that we, that I get from, from the people. And that's why I asked for three things as opposed to just one thing, because, you know, when you ask a multitude of questions, it really gets you thinking outside of the box. Like you said, mm -hmm. the first one is to get outside of the box. Yep. And yeah, that, that's just a great way. For, for us to live, we can't do anything about a 15-year-old Lisa or a 15-year-old David, but from here and now, we definitely can. And Lisa, who, who would be your ideal client for L-Cube Consultancy? And also, where's the best place to get in contact with you? Hey, so the best, the ideal clients are leaders who want to grow and scale their business, who are willing to learn that they might have to think differently to do it. Yeah. and are willing to take that risk. Um, the easiest way to find me is lisalevy.com, which takes you to lcubedconsulting.com. It's just fewer letters to type. Yeah. <laughs> and also, are you, are you busy on um, socials like LinkedIn, Facebook? LinkedIn is, LinkedIn is the way to find me, and the YouTube channel is Lcubed Consulting. Yeah, and I, I went and checked that out. Uh, a couple of days ago. So I'd highly recommend people go on and do check out uh, your YouTube channel because there's so many little nuggets along there, like the storytelling and all that sort of stuff. So Lisa, you're a wealth of information and I'd recommend everyone to go and uh, check you out and follow you on LinkedIn. 
go to your YouTube channel, check out the website. I'd highly recommend it. And Lisa, thank you very much for being a fantastic guest. I know I've got a lot from it. I've got notes down here and I'm sure the listeners have as well. Fabulous. Thanks, David. Thank you so much for listening to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight podcast. If you're a successful Chief Operations Officer, Human Resource Manager, or someone that runs a successful business that also has a great company culture, and you believe that you have a story to share with the wider community and would like to be a guest on a future podcast, please visit the link below. Or if you can think of anyone who you know would be a brilliant guest on this podcast, tag them in. And as always, feel free to share this far and wide. The further we can get this podcast, the more impact we can have. So don't forget to share this on all social media platforms and help others along the way. Don't forget to tag the DCCS podcast as I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. As we post regularly, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss episodes that will possibly help your business ramp up to a whole nother level. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping us get recognized and to promote the show. And they mean a lot to my team and I. If you want to know more, go to our website, www.phenomleap.com.au. P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P.com.au. Or follow me on LinkedIn and feel free to message me there. Thank you very much for listening and we look forward to giving you more tips on next week's episode.